Support for this podcast is provided by Cressa. Cressa is the occupier's champion, the world's premier corporate real estate advisory firm, exclusively serving startup businesses and major global organizations alike. As a Portland pillar for over 25 years, Cressa partners with its clients throughout the entire project lifecycle, from workplace strategy and discovery through the deal transaction and project management delivery of space. Cressa partners without conflict and applies integrated expertise to make your business better. Go to cressa.com Portland to connect with the Portland advisory team. From that cast creative, I'm Dan Bruton, and this is the PDX Executive Podcast. A show where I talk with inspiring leaders who are shaping the future of Portland, Oregon. Every week, I sit down with business executives, startup founders, and community leaders to dive into their career journey and get insights into the impactful work they're doing in our slice of the great Pacific Northwest. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to PDX Executive Podcast. We're back. I'm excited to have my next guest, Drew McCullen. The, uh, I guess you say on your LinkedIn, it's the top dog at the Agency Management Institute. Uh, Drew, thanks for joining. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So I'd love for you to just you know, introduce yourself a little bit and tell us a little bit about your, your company, and uh, we'll, we'll get into it from there. Yeah, so um, Agency Management Institute uh, is an organization that supports agency owners and helps them make more money and keep more of the money they make with the assumption that most agency owners, and when we say agencies, we probably should be clear, it's advertising, marketing, PR, media, not insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, most agency owners are accidental business owners. They're really good at the front end of the stuff. They're great at the client work and getting results for clients, but they often weren't trained and don't have the background in running a business. And right. so our organization is there to help them figure out how to do that better. Yeah. And when did you start it? So it's interesting. So I, my, I, I still own my own advertising agency. We're 25 uh, as of 2020. Okay. And, um, I was about 30 years old, the perfect uh, combination of arrogant and ignorant when I started. (laughs) And I thought, how hard can it be? And then I started it and went, oh, gosh, this is harder than I thought. So I went looking for an organization to help me figure out how to do it. And I found what was the precursor to AMI. Uh, And I was a member for many, many years, completely changed the way I ran my business, completely changed how we made money and all of that. And about 15 years ago, the founder of that original organization asked me if I wanted to buy it. Okay. And um, so uh, at first I said, no, I already owned a risky business. I didn't need to. (laughs) Um, But there were a lot of reasons why it made sense. And so I did. And so I've been doing it for almost 15 years now. Oh, wow. And I know for for context, you're you're in Des Moines, Iowa. And, you know, Uh, you have kind of a loose connection to Oregon. Uh, so, but the reason I wanted to have you on the show is because I've been, I'm not sure how I got introduced to you just on LinkedIn, but I've been following your content and I think it cuts across not people who just own agencies, but people who own small businesses. Yeah. A lot about what you've been kind of posting and, but offering content is, you know, folks that just feel like frozen a little bit right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Certainly our, certainly our content has shifted from sort of agency-centric content to what I would call sort of COVID panic, pandemic, you know, racial discord content. Uh, you know, like, how do you deal with all of that as a business owner? Right. And um, and you're right. So for most of us, that looks very similar. Yeah. 
So what are, uh, to get into that a little bit, and specifically starting at when the pandemic hit, you know, a lot of folks, you know, hit the pause button. Yeah. Rightfully right. so for some reasons, but how have you been coaching kind of members of your organization and your own team? You, you run your own you know, agency too. Of right. Right. What to do right now as, as far as maybe trying to turn it back on and specifically keeping your team engaged. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because the natural reaction is that it's a chain reaction. It's like dominoes, right? Your clients or customers slow down. So you slow down and all of that. And, and what we know instinctually as human beings is <clears throat> when we're in crisis, what we want is connection. We want communication. We want uh, certainty. We want to know what's happening. And so when you think about it, it's absolutely incongruent for us to stop talking to our customers or our prospects in a time of uncertainty now is, which by the way, I believe is the most overused word in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> um, that and challenging. Yeah. Um, but you know, now is the time for us to be communicating more. Are we selling? Probably not. And if we are selling, we're soft selling. But mostly what we're doing is we're helping. Uh, we're helping people figure out uh, how to do things at home that we used to do for them. You know, I, it's, it's been interesting to watch how brands have pivoted and have thought about, okay, no one's coming into my restaurant right now. Yeah. I'm not making any money, but boy, I could create some amazing brand relationships by having our chef do a cooking class mm -hmm. once a week mm -hmm. or by teaching people how to buy fresh zucchini and know that it's going to be good, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. But people have been really innovative, I think, in figuring out ways to communicate. And I think those are the businesses that as we come out of this and, you know, <clears throat> much of the country is starting to end their lockdowns and people mm -hmm. are sort of opening back up. The, the, conver the people who have kept up the conversation are so much further along than the people who've gone dormant for two months. It's almost like, you know, you were dating somebody and you either talk to them every day or you just didn't call for two months and yeah. like, okay, we're in a different place if yeah. we didn't call for two months, right? Yeah. And it's really an opportunity. I mean, we all got the flood of emails from oh. brands or loosely right. associated companies that was like, right. we're here for you. But it's like, right. you know, you know uh, frankly, excuse my language, it's like, what the hell does that mean? You're sending me right. an email, right? right. So right. I, I would love because to- Because I bought something three years ago from yeah. your online store. Yeah. Yeah. And so what are some examples of some companies maybe in, in your world, your clients, or just companies you've seen, you know, that are doing stuff? I love the example of like the cooking thing. We, we have a restaurant here locally in Portland. Their chef started doing like Instagram live cooking with their family. And I thought it was yeah. so cool. You know, yeah. Stuff like that. Well, and, and when you think about it, what we love about brands is when we feel connected to them. And that's very much a human to human thing. And so one of the things the pandemic has allowed slash forced some brands to do is to become more human and sending a blanket email to everyone that you've talked to either in a year or a decade, there's nothing human about that. So what, I, what I'm enjoying and what I'm watching brands do that are really figuring out how to reduce the conversation to almost a person-to-person -person conversation. And whether they're doing that on social media or they're doing that through email or even snail mail, um, you know, we have a client uh, on the agency side of my world that, you know, we were trying to figure out what they could do. They've missed their clients. 
And so what they did was they, we took a list of their best clients and the owner sat down and hand wrote a greeting card to each of them and then mailed it. So is that marketing genius? No. But did he get phone calls and texts and emails from all of those people saying, because he said, I, I really want to connect with you. I know how your family is. I want to know what my family can do for your family. He was very genuine about it. Yeah. And, and that when, when those people are ready to buy what he sells, you know where they're going, right? right? Yeah. And it's such, it's like, like you said, it's, it's, things like that aren't necessarily innovative, but it's a return to you, the evolution of marketing, one-to-one, one-to-many. And it's like, we're kind of going back a little bit, yeah, which right. I, I'm, I'm excited about. Yeah. Um, and especially when someone like yourself who works with a lot, a lot of small businesses, I'm curious just to get, and maybe you can share some insight too, is how are you doing with this just mentally? You know, yeah. it's, it's so hard and it's a question everybody's bringing up, but I think it's so important to talk about because, yeah. um, I, you know, I can share after you talk, but it's, it's hard. Yeah. I, I think anybody who says it's not hard is, is posing. Um, I, I think it's been incredibly difficult. So, you know, I, I, one of the pieces that I wrote for our agency owner clients is a piece that I called, um, you have to grieve first, right? And, and it's all about the fact that every one of us is grieving a loss of some kind and multiple losses. So it's a lot, you know, a lot of my agencies were coming out of the gate in 2020 and they were cooking with gas. Mm. They had landed a bunch of new business, things were going great, they were super profitable, all was good. And then COVID just slammed the door on that. All of their hopes for 2020 just got really shattered. And it's okay to mourn the loss of that. Uh, you know, clients that they loved went away, clients that they loved went out of business, you know, and on the personal side, you know, I think people have, you know, I've had clients who have lost a parent during this and couldn't be with them mm. as they passed away. I've had people who've had to move weddings and graduations and, you know, and personally for me, I'm used to being with my clients. That, that mm. gives me energy. It, um, I'm on 200 and some planes a year. So just the change in my routine was hard. You know, inside my family, my daughter graduated from nursing school. She and I were supposed to go to South Africa for three weeks to celebrate. That didn't happen. We couldn't have a graduation party. So in the grand scheme of things, we didn't lose our job. We didn't, you know, we have food to eat, all of that. So in some cases, I think people feel guilty about acknowledging how much this sucks, Mm -hmm. but it does suck for everybody. And it's okay to acknowledge it and grieve the loss. That's such great advice, along with the empathy, you know, perspective, which is obviously a a word being thrown around a lot too, but it's, I think it's important to be open about it. I mean, I have young kids, I have a five-year-old and one-year-old and I'm sitting in my home office and it's, so, I can't get anything done. Right. So and just, I'm just being selfish with me, but I also feel bad. You know, they can't be around their friends and they're just, right. their hair well, and they want you to play and you can't. Yeah. And yeah, the, I, I'll tell you the people I feel sorry as for away from like people who are unemployed and all that are people who had to homeschool their kids. Mm. Cause my, you know, my daughter's 26. So 
but the stories I heard of what a debacle that was and how awful it was and, and the tension in the house around it and they're trying to work and they're trying to help their kid with geometry and they don't even remember geometry. It, yeah. it just sounds <laughs> awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so hard. Well, kind of shifting a little bit. I'm also, I'm probably like you, I'm very much an optimist and I think there's a lot of opportunity even in times like this. So yeah. how are you advising your <clears throat> clients to kind of, flip that switch of like, Hey, this is really could be a great time, even though you might be hurting right now. Um, yeah. What's your thoughts around that? You know, um, there's always opportunity. And, and one of the things that, that I have come to sort of really recognize is no matter what horrible thing is happening, the rest of the world just keeps chugging on. Right. So I lost my mom uh, a few years ago and I can remember and that was really a, other than grandparents. It was really the first significant loss I've ever had. And, mm-hmm. I didn't really emotionally, intellectually I got it, but I didn't really emotionally understand how anybody was doing anything. Like, I don't understand why the grocery store is open. I don't right. understand why people are still working. Why are people emailing me? What, yeah. you know, because my world had stopped, right? And I think that's the truth about COVID too. There are elements of the world that have stopped, but there are whole other parts of the world. So 25% of my clients on the AMI side of my world are busier than they've ever been. They have more business than they know what to do with because their clients happen to be in industries where things are busy. And almost every one of our clients has landed at least one new client or one new piece of business. So it's not that the need's not out there, but if you, again, back to our earlier conversation, if you go dormant, then nobody's going to be come knocking on your door and say, hey, I've got a bucket of money to give you. Right. But if you keep engaging them in conversation and they have a need, you're going to be the one they turn to. So, A, I think that's opportunity number one. Number two, for most employers, we've spent the last two years trying to find anyone who would come work where we, where we own a business. It was impossible to find employees. And if we could find one, they wanted more money than we make all year, right? So one of the upsides of this is that there are going to be a lot of people qualified, good people out there looking for jobs and grateful to have jobs. So for many employers, the last two years has been really being held over a barrel uh, by the employees because they were totally in control. And I think that's going to change too. So I do think there's opportunity in all of this if we stay open to it. And to that point about the talent, and obviously everybody's working virtually and you know, in professional services, that's not necessarily a new thing, but it's kind of breaking down that wall more like working from anywhere. So people are open to, I'm in Portland, hire someone in Des Moines or whatever. So that I would think that's a big plus too, right? Well, it'll be interesting to see. So I think, I think what this, what this experiment has taught us is it's possible, but it's not without its challenges and it's not without its shortcomings. And so both from the employee perspective and the employer perspective. So it'll be interesting to see how the workforce feels about it and how the employers feel about it. So I have, I have a couple agency owners that it, this has gone so well, this working remotely, that they're trying to get out of their lease. They're going to go virtual completely. And I have other people who are like, no, we are going back to the office. We miss the energy. We miss the collaboration. So I think you're going to see a spectrum of, res- of responses, but what that means is whatever your response is as either an employer or an employee, there's someone out there that shares that, that opinion. 
Right. So now it's about finding the right fit. Yeah. Um, you know, a few more things I want to talk about is we'll get to Oregon. I want to talk about your, your yeah. uh, <laughs> connection. My there. Oregon connection, right? Yeah. So just looking at the economic outlook and, you know, advertising, um, you know, it's always one of the first things some people say it's cut, you know, uh, on budgets. What's your thoughts on how that's going to change as we pick back up, just the type of advertising, the type of engagement? I think, I think you have to sort of decide at what sort of stratosphere you want to talk about, right? Yeah. So we've seen a ton of budget cuts on like the big national and international brands, the, you know, Nestle's and the Coca-Cola's and all of that. Um, but honestly, when I look through the lens of my 150 agencies, their clients are busy and they're doing yeah. stuff because they're smaller, they're more nimble. They don't spend as much money on paid advertising as they do other kinds of marketing, digital marketing, SEO, whatever that may be, e-commerce stuff. So I, th I think what we're going to see is we're going to see a shift in how dollars are spent. But just like after 9-11, just like after the 08 recession, those shifts are temporary. Yeah. And so I, th I think what, we're, what I'm hoping we see is that while brands continue to do their sort of one-to-many marketing, which is economically smart, mm -hmm. that they also start to sprinkle in what has been very effective over the last two months, which is what we've been talking about, this sort of humanity, human-to-human -human connection. Because A, I think a lot of advertisers and business owners have been surprised at how much they liked it, how much they liked that connection, yeah. and how profitable it is. Mm. Right? It's not super expensive to do. Yeah. And you actually get to know your customers and they actually have affection and feelings for you, which translates into them coming into your restaurant versus another restaurant or whatever that may be. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I hope that continues. It was obviously kind of doing out of necessity right now, but just right. me as a consumer and going, I, that's what I prefer right. <laughs> to have the right. relationship. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. And another aspect I know of, of your, the membership group you have, you know, I run an event series here in, in Portland for executives and I'm sure with your, your membership, you do a lot of meetings with the face to face kind of going away in the short term. I mean, I've, I've had to mourn that. That's been really hard. I, like you, I get my energy from meeting people going yeah, yeah. and it's just been really hard. I mean, with that going away, as far as just keeping relationships up and building those relationships and industry things, you know, how, how are you doing with it? And just what are you advising the clients? You know, we've, um, we've had to move some things into late summer and fall. Um, we've had to do some things on Zoom that we typically would have done, you know, 20 people in a Zoom call versus in a conference room somewhere. And what it's done is it's really reinforced for me that while you can do it with technology, it is not the same. And my people can't wait to get back together again. And so, you know, they're all like, we're going in August, right? We are going in August. And I'm like, yeah, yes, we are. Unless, unless legally we can't, yeah, yeah. we are going in August. Yeah. I'm so glad yeah. to hear that because it's like, you, you, you're, all you read about is like, it's virtual forever. And this is how right. I'm, no. I'm kind of, I'm like, am I the only voice? And like, I want to get back. There is a lot of value in face to face. Right. And obviously right. it's going to be delayed, but I'm not just totally writing it off. Yeah, yeah. You know, we were supposed to have our first uh, annual conference in May, and we had to move it to November. 
Um, but I haven't had one person ask for their money back. They want to be together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. really great to hear. So, yeah. well, as we end, Drew, let's talk about Oregon. So when I reached out to you, you said, hey, I have property in Lincoln City. Right. <laughs> so yeah. What's, what's the deal there? The so, so, so here, here was my grand plan was um, I love, I love being by the ocean, um, but I don't like it super hot. So Florida and like yeah. the Southeast was not appealing to me. So what I was looking for was a small property that I could get rental income from. But my vision was I've, I'm flying all of these places. Well, no one cares where I go in between these places. Right. So I'm going to go to my hideaway in Lincoln City. I'm going to write. I'm going to walk on the beach. It's going to be awesome. Um, and so I and before I bought the condo, I spent a week driving along the coast of Oregon and just checking out different properties, different cities, picked Lincoln City, found a realtor. So I bought this one bedroom, one bathroom unit that my deck looks right out onto the ocean. Oh, it's awesome. Breathtaking. I bought it nine years ago. I've never been in it. <laughs> oh, no. True. So, I mean, obviously you're renting it out, right? And right. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a great rental property. But yeah. my, my plan did not take into account my life reality, right? So, you know, my mom got sick and then other things happened and it just, it just never works out. So I will say this. So one of the things I've been thinking about, because all of my normal travel for the summer has been kiboshed, mm. I have been thinking, you know what? I could actually get out to my condo this summer and spend some time there. So I, I may be able to finally say that I have stayed in my own condo. <laughs> Well, I hope you do. I mean, I love Lincoln City. And uh, if you get up, you know, about 20, 20 miles north of Pacific City, the uh, got a great brewery that's right on the beach there. It's it's great. Yeah. So we love Yeah, I, I love that whole area. Yeah. I just I just need to get there. Yeah. 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 Well, you get it, you know, start getting out here. We'll start calling you an Oregonian down the road. We'll I would be I would be <laughs> proud to be called that. Well, Drew, before we go, uh, tell folks where they can, you know, follow you or, or you know, find out more about your content and what you're up to. Yeah, the easiest place to start uh, is probably agencymanagementinstitute.com. Uh, but I'm Drew McClellan on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those places. So happy to connect with folks. If I can be helpful in any way, uh, happy to do that. Answer any questions if you happen to own an agency or if you don't, if you own a small business and you think I can be helpful in that, uh, always happy to have a conversation. Thanks so much, Drew. You bet. Thanks for having me. The PDX Executive Podcast is a production of ThatCast, a Portland, Oregon podcast agency that partners with brands to create custom podcasts. You can learn more at thatcast.com. And please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast as well.